what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason <coughs> Done in by a sip of coffee Believe it or not, Jason isn't at home Please leave a message at the beep I must be out, or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hi, Jason. Lonely Adventurer here. Um, first of all, my condolences. I uh, just heard about the, your losses. Um, yeah, it's funny people forget. Uh, you mentioned in the episode that you talked about it. Uh, you know, life continues even in a time of pandemic. Uh, it doesn't make it any easier, though, that's for sure. I'm just calling around this morning to touch base with all my favorite podcasters just to say thank you for what you do. I get a lot out of your episodes. Uh, they're always a joy to hear. And I love your call to my own show. I think you are the most most call-in innest man uh, in the anchor sphere. <laughs> the anchor sphere? Anchorite sphere? I don't know how we say that. Uh, in the world of anchorite podcasters. Um, so yeah, keep up the great work. Looking forward to more. And uh, stay safe. Bye. Arvid here. Um, just uh, been listening to my brother's podcast. Not been listening to much podcasting at the moment, but um, heard that you're obviously working particularly hard. Uh, the whole of your family's working in these uh, uncertain times, and uh, I just wanted to give you a quick message, just to wish you and your family well. Uh, hope you all keep safe. Hope um, all this is over soon, and you can get back to your your love of gaming and socialising appreciate that you're still trying to call into shows and keep the community going so uh, yeah that was it really just a message of uh, yeah keep it up and uh, keep safe cheers bye hey thank you so much for those kind words that was lonely venture of the camping albears podcast and darren green or rfed you've heard on this podcast and you've heard on colin green's excellent spike pit rpg podcast i i do appreciate the support um so i you know as as you guys know well you heard the messages and as you know i haven't had a chance to i've had to drop out of games lately just because my work schedule in fact i just got up a little bit ago it's the afternoon i'm out in the backyard with the dogs recording this then i'm gonna hop in the shower and then head into work because i'm working nights at the moment and that'll switch over here in a few days back to days so that was a lot easier when i was younger switching schedules um but it's all good. Um, I can definitely podcast. I've got time like this when I'm out here with them. And, and I can fit in five minutes here, ten minutes there to record little segments. So, you know, if that's the least I do to keep my sanity and keep my feet in the hobby. Along with play-by-post games. And that's what I'll be doing. So, with that, let's move on to the next call. Yo, what up, Jason? Dude, that five, man. That five in your stats sounds pretty rough. But, 
You got that 15, so you're not doing too bad. You're not doing too bad. You'll have to keep us posted on that. Posted about the play-by-post. Jesus, man. Anyway, it's early here. But I hope you have a lot of fun in your play-by-post. I've only done play-by-post a few times, and it's been really hit or miss. Actually, it's kind of only been miss for me, but it's just not really my... uh, my medium for playing RPGs, I don't think. Anyway, dude, that sounds fun, and that is a good way for you to sneak in some extra gaming. So, yeah, peace out. So that was Joe from Hindsightless and Wheeler Woe Podcasts. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate the thoughts. He's talking about last episode I created some characters for a couple play-by-post game that Chicago Wiz is running that I'm going to join. One's an AD&D game, and one is a... Um, um, eh, brain fart. It's basically Swords and Wizardry, um, white box, but it's set in the Ultima world, the Ultima video game world. And, and yeah, I didn't roll great stats, which is fair, because in real life I don't roll great stats either. But I enjoy just playing various characters. I don't need to be a, you, you know, a min-maxed. Yeah, I know, Joe just covered his ears and shouted to the heavens, but, you know, I, I don't need to have optimized characters. Don't get me wrong, I... I if I have a powerful character that's optimized, then I'll play the heck out of it. But, you know, I'm fine playing a, you know, doofus too. It, it's all just as fun for me. Um, yeah, and I will. As, as those games progress, I'll let you know how they go. Uh, play by post is, it fits my schedule right now because I can't really do online games, face-to-face games. And and even once that stops, I'll, you know, I'll stay in these games. What encourages me is that Chicago Wiz's games have run for years. He, um, you know, so I know they're not just going to disappear. The last OSE game I was in, unfortunately, closed its doors uh, just today or yesterday, and I think today. And so that's kind of a shame. But I understand why. You know, the GM had some stuff going on and, you know, wasn't really able to keep it going, which is totally understandable. It happens. But, yeah, so most play-by-post games I've been in have kind of folded, but I'm hoping... Thanks to the longevity they've shown that Chicago Wiz will, will hang in there and, you know, finish the race. So, that, that's the hope. What's in the basket? Easter eggs? I have a quick unboxing for everybody. This is from Stephen Newton of Thick Skull Adventures in San Jose, California. It's an envelope. U.S. Um, P.S. From those white mailing envelopes. Ouch! Damn it. Just snapped my finger with my um, measuring tape. It's 13 and a half inches by... That's smarter. 11 inches. Pretty positive. I know what this is, but we're going to open it. Nice blood blister there. Pretty bad when you hurt yourself with measuring tape, huh? I think that's my clue that I should not pursue a job in construction. So, here we go. You can hear the tab being ripped off. We open it up. What is it? Dun, dun, dun. It is Obadiah, the last will and testament of Obadiah Felkner. Felkner. It's a level one western theme adventure for DCC. So, yep, this is a Kickstarter I backed. It's a, like I said, a Western DCC adventure. It is not, um, wow. So on the back page, 
There's a great map for the a mission in San Roque. And um, it's a beautiful map. Of course, the art in here is great. Stephen Newton does great stuff for DCC. This reminds me of any DCC book, the way it's laid out. Um, it's, it's a really beautiful book. It is 32 pages long. It's, you know, it's just an adventure. Um, pretty cool. Hey, he even signed the front. says, thanks for backing, Stephen. And he, he signed the front cover, so that's pretty cool. Nothing wrong with that. So this is... Um, yeah, it's an adventure for four to six first-level characters in the Old West using DCC rules. So, if you want to play DCC Western game, but you didn't back um, Dark Trails, well, you should go buy Dark Trails because it's a great game. But this is another way to play it. So, I have not played it yet or, or read this yet, but I will. And whether I run it in DCC or I adapt it to something else, I'll definitely use ideas in here. Wow. There's some great art in this book. So, highly recommended. Um, and that's it for my unboxing. That's Maddie with his tennis ball. If I ever get a minute to sit down and do it with my son... And even without my son, I think Scarlet Heroes by Kevin Crawford is a system we're going to use. So I'd mentioned to Colin Green that I was thinking about using ICRPG, a system that we both are familiar with, to try to save time. But we've both played, you know, D&D and basic D&D and OSR-ish games, the Black Hack. So he's familiar enough with the concepts that Scarlet Heroes would make sense and be easy for him to pick up. And Scarlet Heroes seems uniquely set up to do what I want to do. So Scarlet Heroes, you can pick a quick startup for free. You can pick up the full rules for, I don't know, 10 or 15 bucks. It's for the PDF. It's well worth it. I, I would highly recommend Scarlet Heroes to anybody that's interested in gaming of smaller groups. The advantage of Scarlet Heroes is, you know, you buy the full set. And it goes into rules for solo play, you can, where you can use the exact same engine, the exact same system, core rules, for solo play, and, and the book has a whole section in there that kind of is like Mythic, um, where it tells you how to solo play, gives you an oracle and all that to help you do play by yourself, and gives you rules, separate rules for urban adventures, wilderness adventures, dungeon adventures, so you can play by yourself. It gives, its main focus is for one-on-one -on -one play which would be what I'd be doing with my son. But those one-on-one -on -one rules would also work for more players. So you could easily do two or three players or even four players. And, and you would have to scale the, the threats up a little bit for more players. One of the advantages of it is it's set up to use old modules. And when I say that is it's compatible with OSR-style modules. So you could pick any of your older modules for D&D um, &D and older editions of D&D be a basic or advanced D&D, and run with those modules, which is great using these rules. And the advantage of this, and the reason I'm leaning this way is, because even though it's going to be fun to play with just myself and my son, occasionally we're going to want other people to play as well. And there are plenty of people that can drop where we can get one or two people to join a game. 
And so with Scarlet Heroes, it'd be easy to add one or two people to that game, you know, with his existing character without changing anything, which would be really cool. So, you know, we're playing our one-on-one campaign, having fun, but there's a chance to add in, you know, it's it's an evening or an afternoon, he's off, and I get online and there's somebody in the UK that's off because it's evening time for them and they want to join the game. Hey, they can hop in, use the exact same set of rules, no change, they can join him on that adventure, and then, you know, we haven't adjusted anything, we're still in the same campaign. If... He's not available, and I want to do something in that world. Obviously, I'm not going to use his character, but I could do a solo game in that same world using all the same rules. So it it appeals to me as in I can build a world and and have my own, you know, universe. So it appeals to the GM part of that. Plus, it's one set of rules for everything, which I really like. So, So I'm really probably going to use Scarlet Heroes. The question is just selling down genre. One thing I noticed with Scarlet Heroes, obviously he's going for that pulpy feel, you know. He's going for that 30s, 40s pulp kind of feel. And you could easily update it. So you would have to update the tables a little bit. But for the most part, using the tables he has there, you could easily do, you know, what was it? Um, Steve Kerrigan? I'm trying to remember the name. You know, Robert E. Howard did like a, like a sailor in the Orient you know, Two-Fisted Sailor in the Orient, stories like that. You could do those kind of stories, you know, using Solitail or yeah, Scarlet Heroes. You, you could easily use these rules for a 30s, 40s pulp game with very little change, um, which is really neat. So I, I, I'm just really impressed. I've been rereading it, and I really like it. I actually really like the world setting. I don't know if I'll use this world setting exactly his red tide setting but i really like it and i really like the flavor he puts into his races here too you know where, where little changes you know where dwarves you know they, they gather gold to take its spiritual essence into the afterlife which other races think is greed but in here it's actually helps them you know go in the afterlife and it's interesting because dwarf because everybody well i shouldn't say everybody so halflings I, I don't remember. I'd have to look in the full rules, but I'm not sure if halflings start as humans, but dwarves and elves start as humans in this game. And orcs are effectively humans. They're wild humans, maybe like Neanderthals. So it's really interesting. Elves um, were proud sorcerer kings that did a ritual to grant them immortality, but it tied them to the world, which is why they're they're like they are. But but it's a really neat really neat setting and, and put some neat twists on the car- on the different, you know, normal races that you would play. Um, yeah, I'm really taken with Scarlet Heroes I, now that I've reread it. I'd read it years ago. Yeah, it's an older set of rules. I say older. What was it? Um, 2006, 2009, something like that. Um, maybe not 2006, but I, I don't know. I, huh. I'd have to look in the book to see what date it was published, huh? Um, 2014. There you go. So, two th- well, it's still six years old. But, yeah, and so I haven't looked at it for a few years, and I reread it the other day, and I was really impressed with it. And, um, yeah, so I think I'm going to use Scarlet Heroes, which is going to let me do solo play, one-on-one play, and if I hop online, you know, if we're available, and anybody online can hop in and play, they can just join the exact same world and join right in, use the same rules with no changes.
which I really, really like. The the last thing I'm going to mention here is I really, really like the Defy Death rule. So Defy Death in this game, it's kind of a like an extra death save if your character gets in a bad spot. But more importantly, the thing about Defy Death that's important is it lets a character do something normally they couldn't do for their class. So And that's to me, is the great thing about Defy Death. So if you're playing a fighter and you come up to something that a magic user would have to solve or a thief would have to solve, you can use Defy Death to solve that, which Defy Death, basically the mechanic is you roll, it starts at D4 and you roll the number equal to your level and you take that much damage. And if you don't, it doesn't kill you, then you successfully get through that, that obstacle. So narratively, that would let that fighter move past that lock that only a thief could get through. But each time you use it in the game, the die size goes up. So the second time, it's D6s, and next time, it's D8s. But the cool thing about that is, no matter what character class you picked, when, you, when you're playing that module, or you're, you're doing that thing, whatever it is, your character can move forward, even if it is outside their normal class abilities. Which is great because that way you're you're not stuck because you picked the wrong class you can't finish an adventure because you picked the wrong class you can't do a thing which is really really um, really smart so which obviously if you've read any of Kevin's stuff you know that he's a smart guy and and all of his games are well worth picking up but the defy death mechanic when you look at that and how it lets you know, a fighter get get now. It, it's not a it's not a freebie because they have to take damage, but it lets that fighter or that thief or whoever move past something they normally couldn't. That's really great. And the other thing I love about the game, sorry, I know I'm rambling on, is the skill system, which there are traits in here, but effectively it's the same thing as professions in Barbarians Lemoria. So you or you know any of these where you just put some tags down. And then you can do anything associated with those tags, which is great. So if you're a sailor, you know, if you put on there you're a sailor, well, and you have two in sailor, that gives you a plus two to anything a sailor could do, whether it's navigate by the stars or drink somebody under the table or mob the, you know, swab the deck or sew or whatever, you know. So that's a really great, easy skill system that I really like. And it's my actual favorite kind of skill system in this adapts it to OSR, so, OSR-style games. Anyway, I've prattled on enough here, but hopefully that helps you understand why I've picked Scarlet Heroes, and if you haven't looked at it, hopefully it encourages you to take a look at it. The setting is really neat if you buy the full game. Um, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic fantasy setting, which is really cool, and, but even if not, pick up the, the Quick Start, which doesn't have the solo game in there, but it's got the one-on-one rules in there and, and gives you an idea. I think it's really well adapted. It's really smart. So the other great thing about the, the traits is he doesn't force you into a predefined list. So it's open that you can set your own, which is good. So again, you could use this for any genre, really. So that's all I've got this episode. I'm going to let you go, and I will catch you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach me, you can leave me a voice message using the Anchor app or go to the Anchor website. I'll play it on the air and make you famous. You can also reach me in the Audio Dungeon Discord. I want to thank Ray Otis, who did the thumbnail art for this podcast. You can find him on his blog, 
plundergrounds.blogspot.com. And I also want to thank TJ Drennan, who provided all the music for this podcast. You can find him on Patreon at patreon.com backslash TJD. And of course, those are all my show notes. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Maybe it's your auntie or a joke about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some more, bring on the gold. Well, your butcher is a dustman and your moil is quite a tipper, and I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper. Don't look away. Are rising and the world is gone to hell. We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck.